the Double Coverage Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Daniel and Micah Simpkins. Welcome back to the Double Coverage Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Simpkins, and I've got my co-host, Micah Simpkins, with me again today. Micah, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. Ready to talk about some football. We've had an exciting first four weeks here. Yeah, indeed we have. It's been a roller coaster, and uh, we've had a lot going on in our personal lives, too. Care to share with the audience what you've been up to? Oh, just just working, and uh, my, my wife got a job as well, so she's a little bit more uh, busy as of late, and uh, we've, uh, of course, got a, a puppy to take care of, and he's a ball full of energy um, and, and quite a handful, uh, so... Uh, just a lot kind of going on, not anything too big, but uh, just trying to keep all the plates spinning, you know, that's life. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yep, it's been busy here too. We did get away and got out for a date night, which was awesome. We haven't done that in a while and went and saw comedian Tim Hawkins. That was a, a hoot, a really, really good comedian, and he's pretty clean too, so it was, it was nice getting to see him. So, we're going to jump right in with our chat of the week. It's time for... Chat Bro Chill 17. You know, a bro. Chat of the week. By the way, bro, I always take my pants on to play games, so I hope that's true. Micah, who's your chat of the week? Well, I don't really know who it is, but whoever is in charge of... uh, voting or appointing or however it's done the afc players of the month uh gotta say that i'm extremely disappointed the special teams player of the month uh was the scottish hammer and that's fine you know he's an interesting player uh gillen is but uh brett kern partner for the titans and I, i know because i watch him every sunday has been absolutely outstanding and Every stat that uh, is relevant to punters, uh, Kern has been destroying in. Uh, Kern averages 46.5 yards per punt. Gillen, uh, 41.5. A whole five yards difference there. Um, 42 net for Kern, 40.6 net for Gillen. 11 of 20 inside the 20 for Gillen. 14 of 25 inside the 20 for Kern. So just in, in every stat, Kern... Uh, is is destroying, and, and for him not to be the special teams player of the month is just uh, absurd and shows that uh, it's a popularity contest even more. So uh, for that reason, whoever does that, they're my chat of the week. <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to be a little bit biased as Titans fans, but I have to agree with you. I mean, metrically, it makes sense. And, um, yeah, Kern's been underappreciated for a really long time. So my chat of the week is actually going to be Jay Gruden and his recent comments that they do not have a plan at quarterback. They've got a game coming on Sunday against the Patriots. It's going to be a tough contest, and I know what he meant. I know that internally they probably do have some sort of plan or some sort of idea who's going to start, but um, that's not something you want to say when your job is on the line and when you're on your way out the door. If you're trying to save your job, you don't say something like that to the media because the media is just going to eviscerate you. So, yeah, you, you've got to be a little bit more uh, prudent with your words. 
and and say that you have a plan internally, but you're not going to share that or, or something along those lines. Don't say that you don't have a plan. So, yeah, if if there's a coach in the league right now that I'm looking at and saying he does not have a job next season, definitely uh, the best bet is Jake Gruden. At this point, they are just awful in Washington, and they shouldn't be. They have a good nucleus of players. Uh, they have some pieces. Uh, they've handled the Trent Williams situation terribly as well. He should be playing for them, and they should be a lot better with him. Uh, just just bad management of what they have and, and not giving uh, Dwayne Haskins a chance to succeed. I was furious when I found out that, that they put him in uh, – in that game the other other day, and he threw three interceptions. I mean, just you, you knew that was going to be the result. They were getting killed, and their team has been getting killed as of late. So uh, I think Jay Gruden is gone, but then again, uh, Dan Snyder is Dan Snyder. So uh, maybe a situation where, where we all know that he should go, but uh, bad, bad management is going to do what bad management is going to do. Yeah, I do think the Schneider effect has something to do with it. And it just seems like he's never on the same page with his coach very long. He hires these guys and then um, becomes oppositional with them. And it just never really works out. So that's what I think is kind of going on in Washington. And as long as he remains the owner, I think it's just going to be that way, unfortunately. So let's jump into another question. Um, You know, statistically so far – the receiver class of 2019 has been the best since the 2014 class. And that is a high bar. We have to admit 2014 was an outlier year for receiver. Yet many of us saw this as a weak class coming in and they're definitely outproducing uh, what we expected. Micah, do you think that we got it wrong or are things going to course correct over the next 12 weeks? No, I, I think we did get it wrong, and I think it, it signals perhaps a change in thinking for a lot of us. I think a lot of us, when we're evaluating guys, especially receivers, we want to see someone who's good at everything. We want to start checking off the boxes of, okay, good route runner, okay, can you know catches with his hands, not his body, can go up and win – has that separation speed that you're looking for, and, and you start checking off those boxes. And what you realize is in order to play in the NFL, you don't ne- necessarily need to check off every single one of those boxes. Uh, a lot, In a lot of cases, you just need to be very, very good at one or two things, and you can find uh, teams are getting better at drafting for roles instead of looking for that best all-around guy. Uh, best example I can think of is the Seahawks with DK Metcalf and what they've been doing with him. Uh, I, I saw a, a, a route chart that basically showed that he's he's running straight line routes most of the time in Seattle, and they can do that because Tyler Lockett demands uh, coverage, and they can't just bracket DK Metcalf. So DK Metcalf is doing what he does best is is get vertical, uh, go up and get the ball, high point the ball. He's a he's a great jump ball receiver. And that's working for DK Metcalf. Uh, Titans have done a pretty good job with AJ Brown and, and getting him uh, in open space in the middle of the field. And, and every time he touches the ball, he he ends up 
getting ridiculous amounts of yards after the catch. Uh, and you could keep going with with the receivers of this class. I think teams are realizing that you, you don't need a, a great necessarily a great all-around guy. You have to draft for the roles in your offense and then make it work. And, and I think that's why we're seeing the receivers do well. Not a lot of good all-around guys in this class, but guys who are very good at doing one or two things and are being put in positions to succeed. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, yeah. I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. That was an excellent explanation. The only thing that I might add is as fantasy players for a very long time, and I've fallen into this trap too. We like the big, tall guys that you know are excellent at the catch point that look good doing what they do. When in reality, NFL offenses have shifted to other types of receivers that are smaller, they're shiftier. A lot more of them are operating out of the slot, which used to be kind of, um, you know, a not not good place for a receiver to play in terms of fantasy production, but it's actually now become an excellent place, and, and you're happy to hear when your receiver's lining up in the slot. So, yes, I, I think the game has um, evolved a little bit in the sense it's not a different game, um, but you're just seeing – Um, people take these receivers that, uh, as you said, don't have complete skill sets and just emphasize what they do best and also draft receivers that fit in their specific scheme and what they want that receiver to do, um, which is going to be different from team to team. So, yeah, that was an excellent explanation, and I I agree with you. You Oh, go ahead. Well, you look at – you you look at, like – Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins, those guys are still going to show up every once in a while as far as people like them coming out, prospects. But it's not going to be that often. Uh, You know, I think about even Odell Beckham and what he's able to do. Uh, There are things that Odell Beckham, uh, as a receiver, I I don't think that he can even touch uh, Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins in. But what the Giants did with him and what I'm, I'm hoping the Browns will do with him is uh, utilize what he does, what he's absolutely the best in the world at, um, and, and, you know, his separation and his catch radius and, and the, the things that makes Odell Beckham special. Um, talent-wise, I, I really don't think of him on the same plane as DeAndre Hopkins or Julio. I could be wrong about that. But what makes him special is the, the few things. So, uh, again, it's just about finding those guys and finding fits for your offense uh, rather than looking necessarily. You don't have to find the Julio or the the DeAndre Hopkins. If you can find them, great, but they're unicorns. They're really hard to find. Yeah, they don't grow on trees, that's for sure. So I wanted to shift to another question. You know, we've – been seeing so many offenses losing their starting quarterbacks. You know, there was Andrew Luck before the season, and there's been Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, New Orleans. Those are just some, you know, things that uh, are, are some teams that I think are are a little bit hamstrung from losing their starter. Um, and it's certainly changed the outlook for fantasy assets uh, on the teams that have been impacted by these injuries. In your opinion, Micah, which of these offenses 
um, that lost its starter has been most hampered? And do you see any chance for a turnaround? Um, that's a tough question. I, I'm tempted to go with the Saints uh, because Teddy Bridgewater is no Drew Brees. Uh, he's shaking off the rust of not really getting much playing time for, for many, many years now. Um, probably still getting comfortable in the pocket. And, and I know he faced a tough Dallas defense, but that offense didn't look the same. The reason I'm not going to go with the Saints is because they still have Kamara, and, and he's uh, still making that offense go uh, at least a little bit according to schedule. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Steelers, and the reason I am is because uh, now people are, can stack the box against James Conner. Uh, Mason Rudolph is nowhere near Big Ben levels. He can't stretch the field as well as Big Ben, um, and, and they have just not looked good as an offense overall. Um, I was high on the Steelers this year. I thought that they were um, potentially division winners, more likely second in the division behind the Ravens, but definitely a wild card team, uh, definitely a, a contender. I thought uh, their defense was going to be uh, very good, which I think it is, but the offense is not helping it at all. Um, but without Roethlisberger, that, that offense just looks – pitiful uh, frankly it, it looks uh, bottom tier when it, I think with Ben it could have been top tier what do you think Daniel yeah actually Pittsburgh was going to be my pick and part of that too is because they've lost him for the year you know at least with Breeze he's going to be back pretty soon and it's not a season ending injury um, there's there's hope there of it turning around for Mason Rudolph and company, I really don't think that there is much hope of that offense getting off the ground. It's going to be, uh, you know, a bottom dweller offense because of his limitations. Um, Rudolph just isn't one that can extend the play like Ben. Say what you want to about Ben and his shortcomings, but he definitely could extend plays. Um, he, he definitely could read the field a lot better than Rudolph and um, you know, his average depth of target was going to be a whole lot greater than than Rudolph. So, um, yeah, it, it really stinks for me because I was very heavily invested in the Steelers' offense in my fantasy leagues. Uh, James Conner, I have almost 100% ownership across my dynasty leagues of James Conner because I believe in him so much. So it just really is going to stink. I'm going to struggle to contend in a lot of leagues because of that heavy investment. And it'll probably get better next year. Ben will be back. And I imagine this extends his career just a little bit because of, um, you know, not having a year of extra wear and tear on the body. So um, I think he'll be around for another year or two maybe. And um, maybe I can still get the most out of uh, my investments across that offense. Juju Smith-Schuster being another one that um, is going to be really hampered. But um, I don't really see any chance of a turnaround, at least for this year. Ne- next year's another story. Um, I-, I wanted to look at the other side of the coin, though. You mentioned the Jaguars as being one who lost their quarterback. Quite frankly, I don't know. Gardner Minshew might be helping their offense. Um, you could argue that maybe teams are stacking the box against them more, but I don't think so. I don't think anybody really feared Nick Foles, and we're going to stack the box against Leonard Fournette anyway because they know what the Jaguars want to do offensively. 
But Minshew, he's he's come in and play turnover free football. Uh, he's you know making that offense go, and and they're winning games. And uh, quite frankly, uh, Leonard Fournette is is looking pretty good. Uh, he got off to a slow start, but uh, he's kind kind of come on these past couple of weeks, especially last week in Denver. Uh, so I think actually the Jaguars might actually have gotten an offensive boost from losing Nick Foles. What do you think about that, Daniel? Uh, I think it's about the same. I think that he's around the same level of competency as Foles. So they didn't lose much by losing Foles. And, you know, yeah, they may have their quarterback of the future in terms of they like very conservative offenses and I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to light the world on fire in terms of, you know, um, being a high scoring quarterback or someone that we want to target in fantasy leagues. Um, you know, like in a dynasty league, for example, I, I think he's going to be maybe your low end quarterback too, but he's not going to be someone that's going to be um, mentioned in a few years, like with veneration, like Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Pat Holmes or anything like that. He, he's going to be solid and and do what that coaching staff wants to do and play, you know, close games where they let their defense do the work and, and just don't make mistakes and, you know, be opportunistic with their scoring. Um, that's what I feel he offers. And yeah, it's not a huge downgrade. And actually in some ways it may be an upgrade from Foles and that he is safer with the football or he has been thus far. So we'll, we'll see as defenses adjust a little bit to see if, um, you know, that, that continues and he can stay mistake free and, and not turn the football over. Um, you know, and that may even be something we have to wait to see till next year. Um, as defenses have time to sit down and digest the film a little bit more, but, um, yeah, I don't think he's really, you know, uh, a load greater than Foles, but neither is he a huge downgrade either. Right. So, Micah, our last question that we're going to cover um, is a dynasty-related question uh, about trading. This is the time of year when you might, in dynasty leagues, think about doing deals based on overreactions to the first four weeks. Maybe it's, you know, an offense that's not performing up to par or um, a player who's had a slow start or um, perhaps it is one of these teams where they've had an injury and it's hampering all the fantasy assets on that team and you target someone. Is, is there anyone in particular that you're trying to make a move for based on overreaction? Yes, disappointment is the the greatest vulnerability uh, for fantasy owners, and there's no better time to strike than when somebody's disappointed with somebody who they thought they were was going to break out and have a, an amazing season, and it just hasn't happened. Uh, so for that reason, I'm looking at. Uh, I know I talked about him last podcast a little bit uh, because I was high on him. Uh, coming into the season, and he hasn't really produced so far. Curtis Samuel, uh, I think the injury to Cam Newton uh, has hampered him and DJ Moore quite a bit. Uh, he certainly has not produced like we thought he would. Um, he may not get back on track. He may not get on track this year at all. Uh, we'll have to see what Cam looks like after he comes back from his injury. But as far as 
long-term value, uh, I think Curtis Samuel has a lot of value. Um, and so I'm looking for disappointed disappointed Curtis Samuel owners and, and trying to target uh, them. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster would be another one um, that, uh, of course, he's disappointing. We all thought this was going to be his year free of Antonio Brown. He was going to be the, the centerpiece of the offense. Uh, hasn't happened. Um, and, and so you look at him and, and try to target him. And, and, you know, you could keep going down down the list of, of disappointing players, even even maybe even uh, Michael Thomas. I realize, realize that Michael Thomas has had uh, good numbers still, but uh, maybe a little bit disappointing in that regard. Uh, you could go find somebody who, who's disappointed in him, try to trade for him. Um, but in general, look for disappointments. Look for those people who, who uh, were pegged to, to break out or have great years, uh, even better than last year, who have not been producing so far, and then go get them. For me, I'm looking at Adam Thielen really closely because I know um, the Vikings have just shown the propensity so far to just run the football, run the football, run the football, and that's all they seem to want to do. But first of all, those two receivers that are there, Thielen and Diggs, are are spectacular. They're both very good, and if you watch the tape, you see that. You see that they're both technicians at their craft, and they're both really good at what they do. And yes, it's unfortunate that they're being used this way, but you know they can't continue to be used this way. Um, the eventually the Vikings are going to have to throw the football. And I know Kirk Cousins isn't the greatest quarterback, but he's serviceable. And eventually, they're going to have to depart from those game scripts where they're just running the football. I know that's what they want to do. And yes, they will continue to be run heavy, but they're not going to just, um, you know, clam up and not feed Thielen and Diggs. There will be some games where they do, um, and they'll have good games. And they're both very, very good players. Um, We'll see if Diggs stays there. I think at this time, you know, there's no trade imminent. Um, and, and the team has said that they're not trading him. He's, um, said he's unhappy with things and his role. Um, but right now they're not going to trade him. Um, and of the two, I'm probably going to go after Thielen because Diggs, um, you know, owners are more likely to want to hang on to him because of age and, and things, and um, you know the potential to be traded to a, a good team. Whereas with Thielen, he's a little bit older. You can probably get him, you know, very very cheaply, very very affordably. And if you can do that, um, I, I'm an advocate of going out there and getting that deal done. So, well, Micah, that concludes our show. We really. Uh, appreciate everyone for listening we're we're just so glad that you tuned in and we hope that you have a fantastic day and we'll see you next time my friends